Laird Donal MacLeod watched unhappily as his daughters prepared to hang yet another tapestry in the great hall of his castle. Their needlework was a fine accomplishment, to be sure. The stitches artful, the colours perfect. The trouble was that his hall was already filled with tapestries, and they adorned much of the rest of the place as well, since his talented daughters had nothing better to do with their time, besides stitchery or mischief. There was far too much of both at Glen Uller, in Donal's opinion. He suppressed an oath as Aileen and Maggie, his two oldest lasses, took the claymore of the first fearsome MacLeod down from the place of honour it had held for over two hundred years to make room for their newest work. They nearly buckled under the weight of the great sword, the pride of the MacLeods, well, the pride of the MacLeod men. Two of his younger girls, Gillian and Aoife, caught the weapon, one on either end, and carried it to the far side of the hall for removal to a storeroom. Donal opened his mouth to inform them that the first MacLeod had earned the name Fearsome for his prowess in battle, using that very sword to kill his enemies, capture a rich bride, and lay claim to Glen Uller itself, but he quickly shut it again. It wasn't the kind of story a man told daughters. Such bloody deeds would make them swoon. It was a tale a father passed on to his son, if he was fortunate enough to have one. Donal had not been so blessed. He was the last of his line, the final fearsome MacLeod to rule over Glen Uller, and to his shame, the hall of his castle looked more like a lady's boudoir than a warrior's stronghold. Donal sipped his ale and cast his eye over the new tapestry as it unfurled, and sent up a prayer that this one might at least be a hunting scene, with dogs tearing a bleeding stag, or fearsome himself, holding a great gory-beaked falcon, as his clansmen brandished swords and spears in his wake. Something manly for a change. Alas, the gentle face of St. Margaret, the blessed Queen of Scotland, appeared instead. She was leading a line of rosy peasant children in a dance through a glade filled with sunshine and flowers. The only man in the picture was a weedy fellow playing a flute. A flute! Not even a proper set of bagpipes. Donal shut his eyes tight. The only space left in the whole castle for tapestries, embroidered cushions and colourful rugs was his own chamber and he was determined not to let the lasses bring their fripperies in there, even if he had to barricade the door and guard it with the first fearsome's blood-stained claymore. He sighed. His lasses should be married, with homes of their own to adorn. When that happy time came, he hoped their husbands would be firmer with them than he was. He loved his lasses well, too well. Aileen, his oldest lass, was six and twenty, had been wedded, widowed, and returned home. The youngest, wee Annie, was not yet three. His girls were all beauties, the products of eight different mothers. Donal had wooed and wed each of his wives in hopes of getting a son to inherit Glen Uller and Fearsome MacLeod's terrible legacy. A braw, strapping laddie to wield the claymore, fill the hall with battle trophies, bloody tales, and manly noises. But each wife had given him only girls, until he had an even dozen. 
Donal was young enough to marry again, still in his prime, considered by all who knew him to be a fine figure of a man. But what wife wanted to take on a castle filled with a dozen chattering, opinionated, bouncing, flouncy females? No, before he could marry again, he'd have to find husbands for all of them. Well, most of them, he thought, as his youngest, Annie, toddled into the hall and ran toward him with a bright baby smile. He scooped her onto his knee and realised that the task of marrying off so many daughters might very well take years, especially since his lasses were stubborn about everything, from gowns and ribbons to male admirers. He looked down at Annie's flaxen curls. Would he still be a fine figure of a man by the time this one married? And he was picky himself. The men who married his daughters had to have certain qualities. They had to be the sons of allies.